Hi, I'm Chrissy. Hi guys, I'm Marie. Welcome to We Call Bullshit. I am just your accessory. Marie. Yeah? What are we calling bullshit on today? Call bullshit on yourself. And we believe that life is way too short for shallow conversation and mediocre sex. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Hi everybody. Uh, Chrissy, what are we calling bullshit on today? Reacting before we think. Right. Okay, so we wanna call bullshit on overreacting, reacting, before we actually give ourselves a minute. Yeah, or and also calling bullshit on making a permanent decision on a temporary emotion. Hard stuff, big stuff. Okay, so what do you tell me every single time I want to text my ex? So my rule of thumb, not just for Marie, <laughs> but everyone in my life, I've learned this the hard way. You may not actually be lonely, you may not actually miss your ex. You might just be horny. So I always say, masturbate before you make any decisions <laughs> about who you're reaching out to. <laughs> she goes, masturbate before you text your ex. And then I call me and let me know if you still want to talk to them. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. I'm like, okay, hold on, I'll be right back. Because <laughs> nine times out of 10, you don't really miss them. You're just like, hey, I'm horny. And that's the last person that I had sex with. So your body's like, hey, you need to call so-and-so. Yeah, I was on a hike yesterday and we were talking about how like hormonal you get before you get your period. And I my friend was like, look, like I just feel so down. And I was like, I was about to like, you know, call my therapist or even get my therapist. And, I, and then she was like, and then instead, I opened my Flow app and I realized that I was just getting my period. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll wait five days before I call my therapist and tell her that I need to go and do like, I it's need so, help. It's so not fair when we get our periods because it's like you want a whole sandwich and a whole dick, right? <laughs> like, what do you want? You're so hungry. You're so horny. There's so many emotions. Then you're crying. Then you're happy. Like, you want a whole sandwich and a whole dick. I don't even understand. And like a whole maybe, pad maybe and a whole, and a whole, whole sandwich, you know? I don't even know. And it's a just, whole tampon. But and a whole bed. Truly, it is like, I wish men, that's the one thing I wish, men could experience like one 28-day cycle Yeah. Of, of that, the highs and the lows. Tartufo right? got it. Remember when he made me my period basket? Yeah. Marie dated someone who we've <laughs> talked about before, who we adore. Just to be clear, he, he made her a fucking period basket. Made me a period basket. I was like feeling like shit. And then like I got home. It was the sweetest, top four things. They're top four sweetest things anyone has ever done to me. But I also was like, you realize this comes every month, right? <laughs> like I'm I know, like, what are you like, going to do next month? Yeah, I was like, how can you top this? <laughs> it was the sweetest thing. Like in a basket, there was like chocolate, popcorn, a bottle of wine. Like, it was the sweetest thing ever. A, like, a, a Massage Envy gift card. It was like, go take care of yourself. I feel so bad that you feel so bad. And I was like, I just, thank you. Like, so sweet. It was probably the nicest, like, thing because it does happen to us every month. And we regulate these emotions. So the power of non-reactivity is also what part of your cycle are you on? How are you feeling? Is it the straw that broke the camel's back? Is it something else that, you know, has nothing to do with your reaction right now? So we're going to dive deep into yeah. all of those things is the power of presence and acknowledgement to where you are in a situation before you react. Especially those five days during the month where as a woman, I feel like you could ruin your whole life if <laughs> you went on the emotion that you were feeling in that second. I know, right? like murder. Yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> like, we're talking to jail. Like, those big emotions that fluctuate, like, you could really 
change your whole life. I wonder how many, like, murder mysteries are, like, sorry, I was just uh, PMSing. Maybe we should be defense attorneys for women that, like, snap. You know that show Snapped on Dateline? It's always women killing their husband. I really want to know the facts behind it. Like, were they, in fact, PMSing when that happened? Because I I can understand it. I can understand. <laughs> I can understand. The death. socks yeah. didn't make it in the hamper during that period of time, so death. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, there's that's the only option. <laughs> yeah, I'm very open, like with my relationships and even friendships. Like, I am. I'm getting my period in four days, and they're like, "Talk to you in five. Yeah, I mean, I'm. There's is what it is. I haven't named that alter ego yet. That happens during that period. Oh, that's she a, needs a she needs a name. She does. Need that a way, name. my friends, significant other, family. I'm Maybe like, that's where Gertrude comes in. That's my nana's name. Yeah, that, Gertrude is here, and yeah, that's OD, OGG, old dirty Gertie. Uh, mine would be Nancy. At least you didn't say Karen. <laughs> Karen. Oh, actually, no. Maybe it would be Karen. Karen. Totally. I know, right? I am such a Karen when I have my period or getting my period. Anyway, first life lesson that we're about to drop today is Chrissy already did it. Is masturbate before you text your ex. <laughs> and that's all we have on today's episode of We Call Bullshit. I hope you have a great day. <laughs> Take this one and decide what you want to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget don't that. Don't ever forget. Like, so what else is there? So masturbate before you talk or text then your ex-boyfriend. Drink some water before you eat the cookie. Like, Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Are you so, really hungry? Do you really want that cookie or are you just like anxiously eating or you're trying to fulfill a dopamine hit or do you really just need to drink some water yeah. or just remove yourself from where the cookie is? Right. I used to tell my clients all the time, there's like tactics in which you don't eat late at night. So what happens late at night is your body is um, going through its final blood sugar regulation and it's had all the ups and downs. And it's probably your lowest towards the like end of the night because your cortisol levels are hopefully at their lowest, which is like um, a stress hormone. So it kind of like puts you to mm-hmm. sleep. You're late. So that same kind of habitual thing that you think of at night is when you want something sweet. So I used to tell my clients all the time, you need to physically combat that because you're probably not going to go eat your cookie if you're naked in your bed. So go upstairs, take off all your clothes, brush your teeth. Get in bed. That's the one. Brush and if your you teeth. then really want the cookie, you gotta go downstairs naked and eat the cookie naked. Yeah. And most of the time, your stomach just my stomach. Growled. Did you hear that? Chrissy's like, stomach just growled like, so loud. It sounded like a toot, but I swear it wasn't. It was really that was my stomach. I am, in fact, on my period right now, so there's a lot of things moving around down there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Michelle I know. I was like, too. I wonder if the audio is going to pick that up. My stomach growled. <laughs> Michelle said it, she got it. My stomach didn't get the non-reactive message for the podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. just chill out until we get through this, okay? Yeah. So, right. You have to put yourself in positions. And this is like a really good life lesson. Let's, let's dive down real deep right now. Is you need to figure out right now your reaction time, speed, and all of that power of non-reactivity and silence. So examples are masturbating before you text your boyfriend. Your ex-boyfriend. Your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> don't masturbate before you text your boyfriend. Yeah, if it's like a healthy relationship, don't you want to do save that. that shit. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, then like, yes, drink water or put yourself away from a situation before you make a bad food decision, right? A craving. And I'm... 
like, because there's usually some other scenario or thing that's happening that has nothing to do with, let's call it a cookie in this aspect. It's like, are you really hungry and you need something nutritious? So make a better decision. You usually reach for the cookie or the chocolate or the wine or the something when you're not at your best state because you're just habitual or you're anxious or you're tired. You're other things that cause you to make a bad decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take that one step further and replace the cookie with like a person. So if there is a situation, we get asked this question quite often. Lust is a bitch, right? Like it's a real thing. And it's a natural occurrence for us, even when we're in solid, happy, monogamous relationships, for us to lust after other people, things. Yeah. And so when you find yourself in that situation, it's easy to enjoy the dopamine hits that come with like that banter and that lust, right? But if that's not something you're actively pursuing and you don't actually really want, it's removing yourself from that cookie or that person, so to speak, so that you get rid of the temptation, right? Yeah. It could be the same. You can look at food or people or situations all in the same way. Like, like so if you were a food, what food would you be? Ooh, that's a great question. That is a great question. All right, ask yourself right now, everybody. We'll have to poll on our Instagram, like, what food am I and what food is Marie? I mean, that's opening us up to, like, some crazy answers, but I think we should do it. Yeah, like, right now, you guys, like, what, if you were a food, what food would you be? Yeah, and if we were foods, what food would, what we food be. do you think we would be? Hmm. I don't know. I've never thought about that before. I don't know. Sorry. It's just like a mistake. I know. I was going to actually, <laughs> I literally, like, in my head, I was like, I'm a, I'm a cow. <laughs> I was like, no, I wasn't going anywhere with this, but in my head, I was like something like low and muscular. Like a, I'm like yeah, a, right. I'm like a cougar. Yeah, I don't know. I Candace told me I wasn't a cougar yet. You're not. You're 34. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm like, but I'm divorced with three kids. Mm. Oh, I'm a puma. Puma. Ooh. Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right. Such so we a, so digress so quickly. Such a so puma. what we're saying is, I can't is, figure out what food I am, but I am a puma. Thank you. I don't All know. right. So. Yes, the power. Wait, hold on. What? Are you my sweet potato? <laughs> You're supposed to say, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, you should have told that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really bad at jokes. I'm like, come on. I'm, I am. I am. <laughs> All right. Okay. Really, we're done with the food. Okay. <laughs> really, your stomach started this. When you have a reaction to something, it usually is exponentially bigger because of something else that doesn't have to do with the situation, right? So pick a situation in your life right now where you carry anxiety, resentment, anger, all the stuff in one department and you take it out on your children, right? So that is my life right now. Like I will be, or actually you know what's even better? I feel so bad for my mom all the time. My mom calls me at the worst times I did it to her this morning. I was mid-email and I was like trying to get shit done, like trying to do all of this stuff. And my mom calls me and I'm an idiot. Instead of declining her call and not answering, I answered. I made a decision to answer the phone with anxiety and like, like I was mad at her for calling me at that time. Like she had, she was trying to be nice, but I am getting my period. And I was in the middle of a work email, so I was immediately prickly to her. Rather, if I would have just practiced non-reactivity and said like, mom, not gonna talk to you right now because I'm in the middle of something, I didn't have to have an argument. So like the power of silence and patience is brilliant. 
If I would have just waited five minutes, removed myself from my work email, answered her call, I would have been able to respect her, been able to be nice, been able to be like nicer to her and all of those things, but I didn't practice the patience. And so our conversation wasn't positive. I was like mad at her and she was like, why are you so angry? And I'm like, sorry, I'm in the middle of an and email. I, and I think, and same, I do that to my dad all the time. I feel like he'll call at the worst times. And my dad is the best, like adore him, love him. We have a wonderful relationship. It's gotten stronger as we've gotten, as I've gotten older. And I've really appreciated, you know, all he brings to the table for me. But I feel like he will always call when I'm in the middle of something. And I don't do great with transitions. Like when I'm coming home. No, from you don't. Co- like I just don't. It's something that I have to really work on because I get like so flustered. And it's like he's always calling me in the middle of transitions. And I'm just snap, like snippy and not nice. And I'm like, why? And it's like because I'm comfortable enough with him or you or my mom, or you know, to act that way, yeah, right? You're safe here, so you can act however you, you want, want because which I'm gonna love you anyway. Which isn't fair, not fair to the other person. And so I always will say, like, no answer is an answer. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. Silence is an answer. Is so powerful. Me and in this very easy situation, but where we should probably talk about like a really important situations is like silence in this aspect with my mom. I should have just not answered. Mm-hmm. Right. When someone else comes into your life, you're making a choice whether to answer or not. Right. So pay attention to that. Make sure you have your methods of meditation, your methods of patience, your methods of non-reactivity before you overreact for something that has nothing to do with the current situation. So think about your relationships that you have with your partners or your friends. Right. I can think back to my past relationships and there's a balance and I'm kind of scarred from this, between patience and silence and time and ignorance. So those are all four things that I want to talk about. Silence is key. However, spending too much time in ignorance, like ignoring an issue, are two things that are very separate, okay? Very different. So in this example, so say if me and Chrissy were in a heated argument, Okay, instead of answering her right away is no response is a response Mm -hmm. because it gives the other person an opportunity to think. And when you think, you have time to reprogram what you're trying to say. And so first off is before you answer, practice a five second silence. Five, four, three, two, one, answer. Second tactic have the conversation written, and I don't mean like text fight all the time, like have a conversation, but I'm a better, Chrissy's a better writer too. Like through text or through, I would argue, handwritten letters are a lot better of a way to practice non-reactivity because you're actually able to say what you want to say without disruption. Usually when someone disrupts you or is disruptive when you're trying to articulate what you're trying to say, you get so angry and you get off your chain of thought. If you're able to write down all that you feel, whether it's in a text or whether you can either delete it, right? Say what you want to say, delete it, and then rewrite it in a way that's going to articulate how you're feeling better is yay, good job. Or being able to write it down and just erase it or do an edit or all of that stuff. Because when someone interrupts and disrupts you, during a time in which emotions are being said is when you have a bigger reaction, the time bomb, the grenade explodes too soon, which 
you know, makes the, the fight exponentially worse. And before you know it, you're fighting because you're fighting. Mm -hmm. That's and, the worst. And I will say too, words hurt. Mm -hmm. And so when you fight with words, they are words that cannot be taken back. And so I always will say this to my kids, right? It's the toothpaste analogy where I will be mm -hmm. like, squeeze all of the toothpaste out of the, out of the tube, all of it, right? And then I'll be like, okay, now try to put it back in. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube just like you can't unsay what you already said. You can't do it. It is out there. It's done. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Wow. And so words hurt and they shape who we are, right? So that's why you can apologize, but you can't actually take it back. Yeah. And so for me, I articulate myself 100 times better through writing. And it's not because I'm avoiding a difficult conversation. I will gladly have the difficult conversation. But for me to really get my point across for how I feel in a particular instance without the trigger of somebody else's input is for me to just write it out. Yeah. And so it's not that I'm hiding behind text or anything like that, but I will articulate how I feel and then we can have a conversation about it. Yeah. That's totally okay if that's the way that you are better at communicating. And again, we've said this on other pod, like other prior podcasts that we've recorded, but when we are arguing or trying to articulate something, we are not fighting with the other person. Like if Marie and I are in an argument, I'm not really, Marie's not the enemy, right? We are trying to come to a solution together, right? So it's not two people against each other. It is two people against the problem to find a solution. Yeah. And I feel like once you have a triggered response of you're reacting too much, then it explodes and snowballs into the situation that have you ever been with a, in a fight with someone or in a relationship where you don't even know why the fight started to begin with? Mm -hmm. And then you're like all the way down, like into an unknown <laughs> desert. You're like on a deserted island of anger. And you're like, how did we, what did we, why are we, what? How did we get here? How did we get here? And it's like, I'm not sure because I think we're fighting because we're fighting. And rather if you were to just be able to Practice non-reactivity, don't answer the call, count to 10, write it down. All of that stuff is ways that you can communicate your emotions in a safer space, which makes someone else feel heard, seen, understood, and all of those things. That doesn't say that the you know non-responsiveness to anger is really hard because when you feel anger, it has to come out in a certain way. It's very natural for human beings to want to physically express anger. That is a very normal tendency. Mm -hmm. Like you have a physical reaction to anger for some reason. And it's a, that is definitely a nature thing. Like animals, humans, they get physically a response to being upset, crying when you're upset, wanting to hit something when you're angry or getting tense or crunching a fist or just feeling like a ball. That's your body trying to deal with an emotion. How do you channel that energy to make it, to, to fix the problem? And the way you do that is being non-reactive first. So you have a moment of thought. Your heart is quicker than your mind. Yeah. And I disagree with the statement, never go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, me too. I disagree with that. I personally think that I would rather sleep on something. I would rather have time to remove myself from the situation and say, I need this time in the space 
because I want to react in a fair way, that's a true emotion to me, not a triggered reaction. I agree. Not with something you a that's like percent. me battling back something negative that somebody said to me. I want to be able to think about it. And this is like not always who I was. I was, you know, literally born to have the last word. So this is <laughs> not easy for me to say, I'm just going to let this go right now and I'm going to take a step back. But I don't agree with not going to bed angry. I think there's something to be said about taking some time. Even when you're in relationships or friendships, sometimes just removing yourself for a couple days, whatever it takes. You know, it's difficult when you live with somebody, but to remove yourself for a little bit of time and remove all of those distractions and all of those day-to-day things to give yourself that 30,000 foot perspective to say, is this a temporary thing that I'm feeling? Is this a permanent thing that I'm feeling? And to really just be able to dive into it in a non-reactive way, super key. I have horrible memories, horrible memories of being in my relationship and staying up until three o'clock in the morning on the safest spot in your, like in my bedroom. I have goosebumps thinking about it. Literally like staying up until three o'clock in the morning, sometimes with alcohol, like alcohol involved trying to have a productive conversation, even Christmas Eve one time, staying up until three o'clock in the morning, fighting for what? What is being, what, what is the benefit of fighting when you're supposed to be in REM cycle 38? <laughs> and then you have wine and gin involved. And like, all of a sudden you think something's going to get resolved. But it's because, and I'm going to play devil's advocate for your don't go to bed angry, is I should have definitely just went to bed angry. (laughs) But I will also say that things like that build up because too many times do you go to bed angry is that you spend too much time in ignorance, ignoring something that needs to be called on. When you sleep on it too many times, so you pretend like it's just going to go away. That's bullshit. So I call bullshit on yes, spending too much time ignoring a situation. So silence is, is beauty, is great, is amazing. Too much silence is bullshit. Well, I think, you know, the more the elephant in the room does not get addressed, the, the bigger, bigger the, the elephant, elephant gets. <laughs> and then a comedian calls you out. <laughs> and then a comedian calls you out. <laughs> right, so the bigger the elephant gets. And then before you know it, there's no room in the room for the elephant to grow any bigger. Yeah. And then what happens is it, the walls just explode because yeah. the elephant has just gotten too big for it. And so when you have you an con- elephant implosion. Yeah. And then so when you continually sweep things under the rug and sweep things under the rug and sweep things under the rug, right? Especially in relationships, we do this where we're just like, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to argue. I don't, you know, you, you fear the reaction, right? So that's oftentimes when we don't say something because we fear the repercussion, the reaction that's going to happen. But then what happens is they do one small thing that's not even a big thing, right? They just left toothpaste on the counter, so to speak, something like that. And you and just all lose this, your yeah, shit. And they're like, sudden, what just happened? Yeah. And it's not actually about the toothpaste that was left on the fucking sink. It was about how dirty they are for the last 10 years. Yeah, right. Like, and <laughs> then it just like... Whoosh, well, they're not is, only like the toothpaste not only states that they're dirty. It also states that they are um, a narcissist. And yeah, right, <laughs> like, like you narcissistic toothpaste leaving asshole. And right. you're like, what just happened? And it's what just, just because you left so many things unsaid for too long. Yeah. And then 
the straw broke the camel's back, and that is it. And then you're in this boil dog fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the bo the pot can only boil for so long before, before it boils, boils over. And, and then your stovetop's a fucking mess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we don't need to, we, neither, I can, I can just leave. <laughs> I don't need to be here. So I think the hardest part about this is that people need an immediate reaction. And I do think that's a societal thing because, you know, of social media, of the way just our society is we need it instantly. There is no room anymore for patience. You can see it while people are driving. You can see it is there is no more patience because we are now programmed to have immediate needs of fixation. Mm -hmm. And that's, and can we talk about, we're not going to talk about this right now. So I'm going to say the P word, but we're not going to dive down this. Porn. Oh, such a big one. That's going to be a whole episode just it's on It's like you need immediate gratification and it's so easy to get it now. So when we don't get it, we get angry. If you don't solve a fight, it's because that, that person's so insecure and so angry and so upset of it. They, they need the fix now, which I encourage that maybe you just need to sit in the sadness. You need to sit in the shitty diaper to mm -hmm. evaluate what you're thinking rather than needing an immediate fix. That's Agree. bullshit. If you were to just sit and meditate for five seconds and sit in your silence, you probably would realize that you're just using an easy button rather than a reset button to fix a problem. You're choosing alcohol. You're choosing porn. You're choosing exercise. You're choosing all of these easy buttons. You're choosing friends to you know, like my like biggest super busy schedule. Yep. Uh, my like, I think in my relationships and my experiences is we would our easy button was using friends as defenses, because if you use other people as buffers, then like or your children or children, or your children, you know, if they're around all the time or if you're you're surrounding yourself by other people is you don't need patience because you have so many distractions. But what is your life like when everyone goes away? What is your life like when there is silence? You will get a better answer. You will practice patience. You will have an easier kind of more emotionally led um, kind of, um, what word am I trying to, like a homeostasis rather than this crazy emotional roller coaster of I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm upset. Like no one needs to be PMSing on purpose. No. Like don't PMS on purpose. You know, it's like chill out and just wait. And... A lot of the time, people don't like silence because they get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But you find the best solutions in uncomfort. It's like when I take yoga, if you haven't taken yoga all the time, this is a practice that they state all the time that can you, after having like a 60-minute hot yoga class, lay in Shavasana and don't wipe the sweat. Don't, don't scratch, scratch the itch. The itch. Wow, this is the third time we did this today. We are on it, <laughs> on right? It. Don't scratch the itch. See how you feel when you're uncomfortable. Is it immediate that you need to fucking fix it? Or can you just let the sweat take its path? The hardest place to be is in the gray area. Yeah. Where you're not quite out of one and you're not quite into the other and you just have this waiting area where you are unsure of what the next step is going to be and you're not quite sure what the right step is so you're in that unknown it's the scariest place to be super uncomfortable right it's so uncomfortable to be in between the peaks and the valleys but that is where all the growth happens yeah and so the message that we wanted to convey today was really about getting comfortable being in that gray area and being okay 
with not doing anything at all. We're taught to fix. We're taught to, you know, move from places that make us feel uncomfortable. That's really how our brains are programmed. We're, we're you know, engineered that way to run away from pain and fear, right? And so we do, we're just too reactive because we're always in that fight or flight mode. So I just want, I encourage you to be okay in that space in between where you don't do anything just for a little while until you really figure out what the next step is that's the best for all people involved. And if you're one of those people that just thinks that non-reactivity means that you can get away with doing things because time equals um, forgive and forget, is that you're wrong, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You're wrong. Like time heals, but also time hurts. Because if you ignore a situation that needs to be fixed, like you gotta get on it with like with grace because if you don't it's going to boil over like we talked about first and like I would say from my experiences is that was a that was a really big thing in my life is I will no longer not articulate and let something go for so long because then when you bring it up it never lands the right way you know when you bring something up and someone will say, why are you bringing this up now? Yeah. It's because I didn't talk about it like a year ago when I was supposed to and I've been thinking about it. And you know you create different stories in your head because stories evolve when you have time. And they evolved into something. And then the gray area starts to get a little bit darker, right? Because the black matter, the, the heavy stuff, the too far right stuff starts to kind of get in there. And you're like, this now all of a sudden has to do with that. And I know you guys are thinking right now, like, yes, that's me. Or yes, that's my partner. Or yes, that's my boss. Or yes, that's my friend. And that's not okay. But it's also not okay for you to not call out that person. It's like, what do you do when someone is doing something that you don't like? Is if you just assume that they're going to read your mind and fix it, that's on you to end that. It was on me in my relationship to say that this silence is not okay. I don't have resolution. And for me to get resolution based off of my love language, which is um, you know, verbal affirmation and communication, is I need to talk this out. And that is okay. I don't need a hug. I need to talk it out. And I will talk about it until it's resolved because space hurts me. Time hurts me. And so you guys need to figure out in your life is how do you resolve those issues in a non-reactive, graceful, time filled, but not too like, <laughs> yeah. right? The, the pendulum swings right and left and there is space for a little bit of time, but not too much time. So practicing non-reactivity is a power play that I encourage everyone to practice today. Like, and that is a switch. That is an easy yes, no button. That is a light switch turn on is like, I am a reactive person and today I will stop. And that, the easiest way to do that, honestly, People will say all the time, you need to meditate, you need to meditate, you need to meditate. You need to meditate. You need to meditate. And this is why, because <laughs> that practice of shutting down your brain, shutting down your body, not listening to, you know, the voices in your head, not like, oh, the bottom of my foot itches all of a sudden. Like you ever notice like nothing bothers you until you stop moving and then all of a sudden you notice every little thing. That's what happens. And so if you can sit in silence every day for five minutes and then 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. You will take that non-reactivity that you learn through that practice, that's why it's so powerful, and you will bring that into your everyday life so that when people trigger you, make you angry, make you upset, you know, hurt your feelings, whatever, you default to that non-reactivity state versus that like, rawr, like I need I, to have an answer right now. I think it's a culture thing. So Americans walk around, I believe, with a sign 
that says, do not disturb. <laughs> but some people walk around that, with a sign that says, do not be disturbed. And that is powerful, mm -hmm. is you not letting that happen and to come into your space is powerful. But so much time is you are available for people to disturb you all the time. But rather walk around with a sign that says, do not be disturbed. Mm -hmm. And you are in control of that disruption. If we don't practice non-reactivity and respect, you get disturbed. But when we practice patience, meditation, breath, awareness, and all of those things, you won't be disturbed because you have power over your feelings. And that is special. So thank you for tuning in today, guys. Remember, masturbate before you text your ex. <laughs> and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.